You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. morning. Welcome to this week's edition of the Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio Show on Community Radio 3CR for Monday the 22nd of November 2021. We acknowledge the Arundjari people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which we transmit people-powered radio. Yarra Bicycle Users Group Radio, we're a weekly half-hour program discussing issues like cycling, bicycles, uh, urban mobility, micro-mobility and uh, active transport and all sorts of stuff. We're broadcasting from 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne, Naram, Australia. On today's show, I'm going to be chatting to David Blom from Metro East Bicycle User Group and uh, the recent opening of the Burwood Highway Trail, which is going to be an awesome connector in the eastern suburbs. Also, I've got a catch-up interview with Brent Cotter from the Big Bike Film Night, and that's on its uh, victory lap of Victoria and a few more finishing screenings. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Good morning, Chris. I am David Blom. I am president of the Metro East Bicycle User Group or MeBug. Talking today about the official opening of a new trail along Burwood Highway between Wanturner South and Vermont South. And that was about oh, last weekend, but go back a little bit further. We spoke a few years ago about the beginning of this process, about getting yeah. this connection. Yes. Yeah, so back in April 2018, uh, we presented a petition to the Minister for the Eastern Region, Sean Lean, with over a 1,000 signatures on it, requesting that this link between Vermont South and Wanturner South gets built along Burwood Highway. It fills in quite an extensive gap getting getting across Dandenong Creek. So it was quite a technically uh, challenging uh, piece of trail to build. They had to get over the creek and over quite, quite a large area of wetland. So, like, that'd be like a bridge connection over that. So, like, things like sensitive wetlands are retained, but you've still got access. They've uh, put the new trail uh, right next to Burwood Highway there. So, uh, traffic's whizzing along at 80k an hour. And what they've built is so good, even the roadies decide to uh, deviate onto the trail to avoid that nightmare section of Burwood Highway. Yeah, because there's... uh you, you supplied me with a bit of audio of the opening of a really great speech you made. And I thought, oh, I'm going to play this because, you know, what you said was great and the rest of it, it was just the sound of the cars. It was 
incredible. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Jackson Taylor, the MP who I got to open the trail, actually did a uh, video on his Facebook page uh, from the opening and he was there stating how the path's being opened and it's wonderful and you could hardly hear him for all of the cars that were uh, whizzing past him at the time. You bet here we are, you know, uh, you're providing a way forward of like people are looking for new ways to move around, mixed mode, walk, cycle and moving into the future people will be looking at this with a lot more uh, serious intention especially where you are in Melbourne, because it's very car-based. Out east, yeah, there's a few areas that are, are nice to ride. The city of Knox, thanks to the work of Steve Crabb back in the 80s, is fantastic to ride in. There's a big sort of gap between Whitehorse and Burundara, and just getting onto the links like the Waverley Rail Trail or at Gardner's Creek Trail there at Deakin, it's very difficult at the moment. So. This trail being built, it's like the the first step to get there to build this link from Knox City to the Melbourne CBD. So we've got one more gap to fill, and that's along Burwood Highway. And if we can reach the Sindel to Heatherdale Pipeline Trail, which is uh, half complete, but the good news is it is the southern half that's complete, and we can go all the way into the Melbourne CBD on nothing but trail. I've got two questions. Has this connection or this part of the trail got a name? And the other one is where does it start and where does it connect to for people who may not be aware of it? I guess if you're going to name it, you'd call it the Burwood Highway Trail. And Burwood Highway Trail really does go along Burwood Highway and it starts out at uh, Knox City Shopping Centre where it joins with the Blind Creek Trail and the Stud Road Trails. And where we've got this new link connecting is from uh, East Link, uh, the beautiful bridge over Burwood Highway. And it connects to the Dandenong Creek Trail at Morak Road. So it is linking two trails together. The eventual goal will be to have a few more trails linked up along this corridor. Linked straight along Burwood into Sindal and Heatherdale. Yeah, you'd be able to go to the Waverley Rail Trail to the south or the Box Hill to Ringwood Rail Trail to the north. And if you keep pushing west, you'll eventually reach the Gardner's Creek Trail at Deakin University. Yeah, that'd be a real game changer getting into that because you would know with the suburban rail loop that there's going to be those connectors, especially at Deakin. Yeah, so uh, our group and uh, the Burundara Bicycle User Group have been very busy uh, getting across the plans for the new station there at Deakin Uni. And really, this does represent an opportunity to create mixed-mode transport, the ability to ride your bike to schools, to university, to your jobs, or the Melbourne CBD, or to be able to ride your bike to the station, catch the train in to work, or ride your bike to the station, catch the train, pull your bike off the train and keep going on with your journey. It's just so much simpler and easier when you don't have to park a car and 
leave a car behind. Yeah, because I've seen like some of the stuff with the suburban rail loop, like they're really pushing hard for like mass bike parking, and it kind of you know links in with you know mixed mode and all the rest of it. But we probably want to see something change with and stuff with the trains. But it is there in terms of they're, they're thinking ahead with that. But again, it's one of those huge projects. Anything could really happen. But it's good that you know cycling is being mentioned in parallel with the suburban rail loop. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM. By providing all of these links, you provide an opportunity for people to be able to get to the station and for people to be able to leave their car at home when doing so. Some of the people you had at the opening last weekend, uh, you had what, Jackson Taylor? Yes, so Jackson Taylor, the MP for Bayswater, Sean Lean, the Upper House representative for Eastern Metropolitan. We also had the new Whitehorse Mayor, Tina Liu, and Raylene Carr, the local councillor from Whitehorse. We also had Bill Bennett, the former councillor for uh, the Morak region. And uh, we had representatives from the city of Knox there as well. Yeah, it looks like it's a fairly bipartisan sort of thing too. And it's, uh, again, I, I absolutely love it because there's this emphasis and you see it in the media and you see it when cycling is mentioned that it's some type of inner city or predominantly inner city activity. And it, it isn't. It should be uh, city-wide, regional-wide and have these integrated um, networks. And this is a, what you've done over the last few years with Mebug, all of you, has shown a way forward of like, you know, we wanted this, we worked in with the local politicians and the councils and land managers and whatever, and you made it happen. Yeah, and you've also got to remember that uh, the first ever bike plan in Australia was actually uh, presented by a Liberal Party politician. Yeah, Oppie. (laughs) All right, he did happen to be one of our greatest all-time cyclists. (laughs) Yeah, and we, you know, you change, yeah. But, yeah, the, the Geelong bicycle plan was, again, really something. And there's still kind of echoes of it. You, you're uh, saying, like, you know, with connections in Geelong to train stations and the like. And uh, school traffic in particular and use of service lanes and whatever space they had available. It's quite amazing what they managed to achieve in Geelong, you know, 40 years ago. Yeah, despite people like uh, John uh, John Forrester uh, criticising it. But uh, anyway, uh, we're talking about ancient history here. But uh, yeah, I actually do have a copy of the Geelong Bicycle Plan. It is really something, even by today's standards. It was a late 1970s, and if anyone's listening and they're not familiar with it, I, I hate this term, but do your own research and go, go and look it up because it, it, it's one of the most comprehensive uh, plans and it still fits in with modern overlays and the like, doesn't it? Yeah, and it's interesting to see the impact that it had on the city of Knox's development. You see a lot of things that were done in Geelong copied in the city of Knox, things like uh, the use of underpasses uh, by creeks and waterways going under major roads and paths along the waterways and paths along the highways. Yeah, you have the direct route and then the meandering route because people 
can be a bit critical of some of that of like, you know, we get the land that the roads don't use. And sometimes the direct route is the most useful and, um, you know, of immediate use. And yes, as again, when we're listening to uh, the, the opening ceremony, yes, it, uh, it's very close by. Yeah, <laughs> we'll be on the so Highway. That path to cycle along, you feel like you're on a highway just made for bicycles or pedestrians or runners. You've, you feel completely safe because it's very nicely fenced off. You've got the curb, the fencing. They've replanted a lot of trees and vegetation along there. Look, there's the potential to keep this going along the service lanes along Burwood Highway through Vermont South and East Burwood to, to reach that Sindal to Heatherdale Trail. Yeah. And really, really, it is the next thing that we are pushing for. Because I was just thinking much further away from where this is located. I'm thinking at the end of Deneering Trail, if that gets fixed up through Greaves. Because, you know, again, Deneering Trail was an absolute game changer. It, like, it wouldn't have been seen as useful space, and they put that under Sky Rail. And it's an argument that I don't want to go into, but I'm just thinking the, the thing of what came out of that was that use for a shared trail. And if Deneering can get connected up as well this is you know you can see all these different things out there yeah you start building up a network of useful paths and paths that actually lead you to destinations that you want to get to and because it becomes like a um a lattice network you can just hop on a trail at one point never leave a trail and go through a meandering lot of connections to get to where you want to go to without having to go around in a huge loop or the direct thing where you've got to travel a long distance to get where you're going to sure the option is there but for many people it's school friends shopping you know and that's all within like you know within 5k for people so that lattice work you're talking about to for want of a better phrase for where you are and for me bug and the area yeah it's the way to go Victoria, as we get ready to get back out there, you need to get your COVID-19 digital certificate ready too. First, create a MyGov account if you don't have one. Then, make sure your Medicare and MyGov accounts are linked. Then, add your COVID-19 digital certificate to the Service Victoria app. Then, get ready to go. Your vaccination is your ticket to everything you love and miss. For more on adding your vaccination certificate on your smartphone, go to coronavirus.vic.gov.au forward slash vaxproof. Authorised by the Victorian Government, Melbourne. A 3CR supporter. You know, it, it means that uni students can get to the university without having to drive or having to try to fight for parking. It means that school students can make their own way to school and it relieves congestion off our roads by making those short trips simpler and safer for people. So, like, this provides a more direct uh contact to like the Belgrave Rail Trail or is that happening? Yes, so if you're heading heading the other way, uh, going along Bird Highway from people now on the Whitehorse side of the fence, you can now have uh, a much better access to the City of Knox's trails and that means heading in the direction of Belgrave or uh, heading out towards Lilydale, places <laughs> like that. So it means the Dandenongs and the Yarra Valley uh, just become that much safer to get to for people. Mm, see possibilities. So in closing, where do you see a way forward for Mebug and your future plans? And, and also, again, uh, how can people either get in contact or find out more? 
Okay, people can get in contact with us by going to our website, mebug.org.au, or checking out our Facebook page, search for Metro Eastern Bicycle User Group. And uh, our way forward, uh, we foresee connections along the main uh, roads, particularly using the service lanes or the land island. Uh, we also foresee uh, a trail going from Hawthorne to Box Hill along uh, the railway line. Uh, we believe that we can close a few of those gaps in the network and uh, also um, building up our major activity centres to be more friendly for cycling, in particular with the future plans for Box Hill, Melbourne's second CBD. Because that Box Hill to Hawthorne one's been a long time coming. We're starting to see some progress being made with the level crossing removals at Mount Albert and Surrey Hills. We'd like for them to be underpasses at those intersections for cyclists, but we're not entirely confident that that's going to be delivered we're starting to see the start of a trail being built where you can go along the railway line from Richmond all the way through to Lilydale or Belgrave. Yeah, I think that's a bit of a problem with um, level crossings. It's the speed of delivery uh, and not the, you know, people like us who are more interested in like our mixed mode. But there have been quite a few wins along the lines, like the mm. results that we got at Blackburn where there's a fantastic underpass. In fact, between... Nunawading and uh, Elgar Road at the moment, you can ride between Springvale Road and Elgar Road and uh, never have to cross that grade. At Bayswater, there's a fantastic underpass under Mountain Highway. So there are some places where they've got it right. It'd just be nice if it was automatic. Onwards and upwards, David? Very much so, and very nice to have some happy news. As far as the quality of the trail is concerned, they have absolutely delivered an amazing trail. It's fantastic in all weather conditions. Like it wasn't ideal uh, last week, yet the trail itself was uh, dry and very good to ride on. It's just wonderfully safe. It's something that we haven't had in that area. The nearest safe crossings were five kilometres away in either direction. So it's fantastic progress. To enable change, we need to show broad community support. Show your support for walking and cycling in the city of Yarra by appearing as a champion on the Streets Alive website, representing your local street, neighbourhood or school. It's fast, free and simple. Learn more at streets-alive-yarra.org a 3CR supporter. Good afternoon everyone, my name is Brett Cotter, I'm the film peddler or the curator of the Big Bike Film Night and it's great to be here. So we've had a chat over the years about previous big bike film nights and we're having another one in Melbourne. There's other events you've um, had in Australia so far and a couple more are planned here for Victoria. 
That's right, yeah, the tour's gone gangbusters this year and uh, we're pretty much on the home stretch. Uh, there's uh, four screenings left in uh, Victoria. We've got Geelong, Melbourne, Mildura and Bendigo. And uh, Bendigo screening, oh, I feel so sorry for them. We had it all lined up a couple of weeks ago and that was when they had that massive power uh, storm came through oh. and blew blew the power out of the cinema about half an hour before the screening happened. So, yeah, they're doing it. It's kind of like, okay, you had COVID, now you've had Mother Nature. So, I'm, fingers crossed, third time lucky. And what night is that on? Uh, that's Thursday, the 4th of December. Can you just go through the dates for Victoria? Yes, certainly. So, we've got the Monday, uh, a couple of days, 22nd of November for Geelong. Uh, Tuesday, the 23rd of November is in Melbourne, and uh, Sunday, the 28th of November is Mildura. What would be your highlights? Not that you can say what your favourite is because you, know, you love them all because that's what's you know, it's on the screening. What would you be saying, especially to people who've seen previous uh, screenings or people who've never seen a big bike film night? What's something that could pique people's interest? Well, this year's collection, we've got 13 films to spin your wheels from around the world. Uh, one that's, or uh, re- well, there's a couple that really sort of pick people's interest. Uh, one is, uh, we've got a great film about a New Zealander who uh, has got this absolute obsession with uh, riding every street, every cul-de-sac, every dead end of every town across New Zealand. And it's just brilliant and bonkers. It's kind of one of those sort of films that you just go, why are you doing this? But it's it's just, yeah, it comes through really, really quite cleverly uh, in, the, in the filmmaking and, and also in the story. We've um, also got uh, a film that sort of, um, to me, so it's, re- oh, it's just been getting so many people going, what an absolutely incredible story. And it's um, BMX orientated and it's set in a sort of a, a sort of a urban community in London, a small suburb called Peckham. And it's a really sort of poor and polished uh, little place. But the community really rallies around BMX and sort of getting the younger generation into it. And we've got this massive um, target or ambition to be the number one club in the UK and it's just such a powerful uplifting story and it's just yeah just wonderful what kind of genre or type of bikes involved say content you know like a documentary or mockumentary you know sort of bike stuff like you know about roadies stuff about commuters yeah so definitely so we've got um, a bike packing film which is set over in uh, Finland and it's uh, fat biking Uh, so it's this gentleman who's uh, 34 or 43 years old and he's got this um, pretty pretty bad news that he's going to be going blind um, and so he wants to set out some pretty ambitious targets to uh, have some great memories so yeah he goes and does this 150 kilometre fat bike ride through uh, Finland that's pretty inspiring we've also got uh, the road bikes film we've got uh, two films that touch on cycle tourism and what the value of trails bring to communities. We've got um, four adventures that go bike rafting and uh, riding through some pretty incredible landscapes and following some very historic trails. 
there's the BMX film, uh, we've got a couple of mountain bike uh, documentaries, um, I'd kind of say a mountain bike mockumentary, <laughs> in a way it's, I, I always find things that just are actually absurd and that would bring a laugh, and yeah, this one is just right on song. And um, yeah, just, uh, and there's also really uh, a bike packing one set in the Canadian Rockies, and also one on a, a gentleman who, uh, who builds bikes, and they uh, to help people um, change people's lives. The sort of uh, reactive adaptation, so there's more more people with disabilities. So some pretty some, yeah, some pretty deep films, but also some really uplifting, powerful films here as well. How long is the big bike film night screening in duration? If people want to plan ahead. Yeah, so the collection, uh, they typically run for about two and a quarter hours, but um, I'm pretty old school and what we end up doing is having a, a good old-fashioned uh, interval in the middle to sort of break it all up because trying to um, concentrate on 13 different stories all in one go, that's that's a heck of a, an achievement. So, yeah, so, and it's it's a good chance for the community to have a tie-ho and uh, sort of sit back and chat to your fellow cyclists about going on in the local community during that interval and then come back for a recharge and get into back into it. How can people book to see the big bike film night? Yeah, you know, IG, you know, cost, bookings, location, you know, the one in Melbourne is at Crown Cinema down at South Bank. Yes, and uh, the Geelong's at the, uh, the um, Village Cinemas in Geelong, uh, and Mildura is at uh, the... Oh gosh, I've got a mental break. Mental blank. Uh, it's the only cinema in Mildura, and I'm really surprised. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, the, I've got the Mildura one in front of me. It is Wallace Cinema. And also the Star Cinema in uh, Eagle Hawk at uh, Bendigo. And uh, we've got uh, tickets that are all available online only, uh, which is through our website, which is Big Bike filmnight.nz and about 24 to $25 sort of uh, depending on some of the locations. Yeah, that's pretty good value and I must admit your screening schedule for Aratora and Australia is really comprehensive. It's not just the capital cities. Yeah, and that's one of the things that I've like. I've always grown focused on growing events organically. And when I put the tour together for Australia uh, back in February, March, there was not even a, a sniff of COVID. And uh, so I was like, yeah, oh, this is going to be the, the biggest and most audacious uh, tour that I've done. But um, I've done it, but I've done it remotely. And um, one of the things that I think is really uh, quite exciting is not only do you get two hours, two and a quarter hours of great films, but um, anyone who buys tickets to see the Big Bike Film Night, we've got uh, a presenting partner, which is Maharinga, Great Rides of New Zealand. They're giving away two, t- oh, two double p- tickets to uh, come to New Zealand and explore some of the trails, so one for the North Island and one for the South Island. Ooh, that sounds like a really good prize. Just in closing, any observations or feedback you've got so far from the screenings or... P- things people have told you yeah I had a really um, a, a sort of a really inspiring uh, email that came through from uh, Launceton down in Tasmania and it was from a, a dad who said look we take our children along and they're sort of teenagers uh, to the, every year and 
we love the values that you're bringing to these film nights because it's teaching our children sort of like respect but also perseverance and sort of uh, challenges and adversity all, all those really good moral sort of things and it's just like yeah putting the collection together is one thing but uh, actually having these values is just another completely things different sort of element and I was just like oh, I think I'm gonna have a teary moment here but it's okay that's great because many people are kind of having their critical thinking challenged a bit and it's good to hear something kind of affirming and positive come through that's really something it really does and I think we all need those sort of uh, moments and sort of uh, positive reinforcement that the bike is just such a powerful um, mechanism to, to get out there and empower you whether it's riding 50 miles or 5 miles it's, it's such an amazing experience and journey and that's, that's great things the bicycle can take us places and, and these films take us places as well it's been great having another catch-up, Brett, as we've had several chats over the years. And um, long may the big bike film night continue. Thank you so much, Chris. And yeah, and I'm happy to say that I'm working on the 2022 collection as we speak. And uh, I'm, yeah, I think it's got the same sort of uh, uplifting collection, so it's going to rock some people's socks. This week's Yarra Bicycle User Group Radio Program should be podcast soon on 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast or go to yarrabug.org forward slash radio if you want to find additional details of what we discussed today. These podcasts are produced at Melbourne's activist radio station 3CR. Presenters are all volunteers and 3CR's existence depends upon the financial support of our listeners. Go to 3cr.org.au Click on the support tab and select either donate, subscribe, shop or fundraisers. Your subscription or donation keeps 3CR on air. CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.